Welcome to St. Martin the Fields. Welcome to Great Sacred Music. We're looking at the medieval roots of Christmas and some of the traditions that have developed since. Uh, there's lots of arguments to be had here. Chris, the date of Christmas was originally, uh, Christmas, or I should say better, was originally celebrated on the 25th of March for the understandable reason that people thought that was the date of the Annunciation and people thought that the virgin birth was an even more extraordinary thing to celebrate than a birth, or, or the virginal conception, I should say. Uh, and controversy has gone on ever since. Uh, there are those who believe that Christians adopted a Roman festival, and there are those who believe that Romans adopted a Christian festival. <clears throat> What's certain is that the pre-Christian Germanic peoples, including Anglo-Saxons and Norse, celebrated a winter festival uh, called Yule, uh, we've just been hearing about, held in late December to early January. In the early Middle Ages, Christmas Day was overshadowed by Epiphany, which in Western Christianity focused on the visit of the Magi. And then there were 40 days before Christmas, which became the 40 days of St. Martin, after whom this church is named. And those days began on his feast day, November the 11th, Feast of, feast of St. Martin and Tor, and that morphed gradually into the period known as Advent. Christmas gift-giving during the Middle Ages was usually between people with legal relationships, such as tenant and landlord, and the annual indulgence in eating, dancing, singing, sporting, and card-playing escalated in England by the 17th century. The Christmas season featured lavish dinners, elaborate masks, and pageants. In 17th century England, the Puritans condemned Christmas, because they condemned pretty much everything, uh, considering it a Catholic invention. But the Anglican Church pressed for a more elaborate observance of feasts and saints' days, following the parliamentarian victory over Charles I during the English Civil War, England's Puritan rulers banned Christmas in 1647, the Grinch in his early manifestation. Uh, but pro-Christmas rioting broke out in several cities. So we have Iranian women protesting uh, about being forced to wear headscarves, and we have people in 16, late 1640s demanding the right to celebrate Christmas. Well, it's our tradition uh, at Great Sacred Music to begin by singing a hymn together. You'll find on the inside of your sheets, uh, Unto Us Is Born a Son, a medieval Christmas carol first published in the 1582 Finnish songbook, P.A. Cantiones, that's Latin, not Finnish, you'll probably have realized, a volume of 74 medieval songs with Latin texts, found its way into the hands of the great John Mason Neal in 1652, the great translator of continental uh, hymns. And you may know uh, there's more than one version of this hymn, Unto Us a Boy is Born, is a, is a different version. Don't get them mixed up now. Uh, so we're going to remain seated. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing Unto Us is Born a Son.
Well, uh, a few words about two people who kind of invented Christmas in the 19th century. Christmas Day became a bank holiday in 1834. Boxing Day was added in 1871, but the crucial uh, person was Charles Dickens, who wrote A Christmas Carol in 1843, invented the notion of the spirit of Christmas and seasonal merriment. Its instant popularity played a major role in portraying Christmas as a holiday emphasizing family, goodwill and compassion, none of which things in, uh, had been invented until the 19th century. Dickens's understanding of Christmas was a family-centered festival of generosity, linking worship and feasting, and social reconciliation, as represented by A Christmas Carol. And he uh, encouraged the notion of family gatherings, seasonal food and drink, dancing, games, and the festive generosity of spirit. Uh, and the phrase, Merry Christmas, was pretty much originated, as far as we can tell, from that novel. Then, if you put on top of that, the emergence of the Oxford movement in the 1830s, the revival of Catholic piety, and the increasing interest in rituals and religious observances. You put the two together, and you've got a popular and a liturgical Christmas, and you have something close to the present day. In America, there was another crucial person, Clement Clark Moore, who in 1822 wrote the poem, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." And he was, the, he was the person that really created the notion that Christmas was really a night-before thing, when all sorts of mischief and present preparation went on, hence the nutcracker and so on. Uh, that, was, that was crucial in the notion of Christmas as a time for exchanging gifts, so he did wonders for the economy. Seasonal Christmas shopping began to assume economic importance in the mid-19th century. Uh, it also started the traditional conflict which we embody so energetically today between the holiday's spiritual significance and its associated commercialism. So the phrase, you're missing the true meaning of Christmas, was invented around the mid-19th century and is popular even to this day. Uh, but until the 1950s, uh, many Christmas customs were largely restricted on class lines to the upper classes and better off families. The mass of population hadn't adopted many of the Christmas rituals that became common more uh, later. Christmas trees were actually relatively rare until after the Second World War. Christmas dinner might be beef and certainly not turkey. Children in their stockings might get an apple and orange and sweets. My father always used to talk about his satsuma as a thing of great wonder. Uh, full celebration of a family Christmas with all the trimmings only became widespread with increased prosperity from the 1950s. So lo lots to ponder there. We've got two uh, medieval carols to listen to now. A 15th century based on the fall, Adam lay abandoned, and a medieval version of the Annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, Angelus ad Virginem.
I wonder how much time you've spent thinking about Santa Claus and whether Santa Claus actually has anything to do with Christmas. But as we've established, Christmas doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas. So that shouldn't come as a great surprise. The Dutch Sinterklaas, which means uh, St. Nicholas, uh, is the name of a fourth century Greek bishop of Myra in southwest Turkey. His feast day, December the 6th, came to be celebrated by many countries, in many countries, I should say, by the giving of gifts. St. Nicholas traditionally appeared in bishop's attire, accompanied by helpers, inquiring about the behavior of children during the past year, often with a wagging finger, before deciding whether they deserved a gift or not. At the Reformation, many Protestants changed the gift bringer to the Christ child, and the date of giving gifts changed from December the 6th to Christmas Eve. The modern popular image of Santa Claus was, however, created in New York. Following the American Revolutionary War, some of the inhabitants of New York City sought out symbols of the city non, city's non-English past. New York had originally been established as the Dutch colonial town of New Amsterdam, and the Dutch Sinterklaas tradition was reinvented as St. Nicholas. Cartoonist Thomas Nast drew a new image of Santa Claus annually beginning in 1863. By the 1880s, Nast Santa had evolved into the modern vision of the figure. And then I hear you say, what about Father Christmas? Father Christmas, the jolly, stout, bearded man who typified the spirit of good cheer at Christmas, uh, well, he predates the Santa Claus character by some centuries. He's first recorded in early 17th century England, but was associated with holiday merrymaking and drunkenness, and not so much in the way of giving the bringing of gifts. And in Victorian uh, Britain, the two images were brought together to create uh, the Santa Claus that we have today. We're now going to enjoy two more uh, medieval carols. I sing of a maiden, a 15th century carol on the Annunciation, and there is no rose. Um, this is a fascinating uh, piece because on the Trinity carol roll, a 15th century manuscript of 13 English carols, the earliest manuscript of polyphonic music uh, written in English, we find this particular carol, which is an exquisite succinct theological account of the Incarnation.
Well, it's time for us all to sing again now, and you'll find on the inside of your sheets the carol usually known as Ndulci Jubilo, written in around 1328 in German and Latin. Why is it so well known? Is it because we like singing medieval carols, or because, yet again, John Mason Neal uh, put it in our hands, uh, having previously been somewhat obscure. I think the real reason is that it was set several times by J.S. Bach as a chorale, and so it became part of the canon of Christmas uh, singing. We remain seated, and the voices stand and lead us as we sing Good Christians All Rejoice. We're coming towards the end of great sacred music for this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, there are all sorts of ways to make a con contribution to enable us to go on uh, celebrating at one o'clock on Thursdays together forevermore, to use a, word, a very carol-like word. Uh, there's text, there's website, there's swipe, there's cash, and there's even an opportunity for you to use all four on the same day. How about that? Uh, Choral Classics is taking a break. Uh, our, our Sunday partner event is taking a break till the 8th of January, but our next Great Sacred Music is looking at uh, Christmas in spirituals, and it's entitled Go Tell It on the Mountain. Now, hopefully you've got a good sense of just how eclectic is the tradition of Christmas, and if any of us claims that ours is the real Christmas, 
we're really uh, saying something we can't possibly justify. Father Christmas, Santa Claus, the Annunciation, all these different kind of parts come together in our tradition of Christmas. Uh, and it's probably best for most of us not to be too particular about how other people celebrate it. But the most pretentious way to celebrate Christmas is to write a macronic. And if that's not a word currently in your vocabulary, then there's your big takeaway for today. A macronic is a carol that includes words from different languages, as two or three of our carols today have done. So that's how to write a really pretentious Christmas carol, and it was really big in the 15th century. We're going to finish with hearing Sir Christmas, one of the great Macronic Chris Christmas carols. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas from all the different traditions that you enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Oh, <laughs> 